Scientists are eyeing a slow-moving solution to the rapidly growing problem of antibiotic-resistant superbugs, sloths. Turns out the fur of sloths is a vibrant ecosystem of algae, fungi, moths, and insects. Researchers in Costa Rica have found an antibiotic-producing bacteria that seems to keep that ecosystem in check, according to a study published in the journal Environmental Microbiology. The scientists noticed that injured sloths rarely seem to get sick, and they're hoping that tree-dwelling animals might be able to share their superpowers with us too. This is Pulse Check. I'm Megan Messerly. The Biden administration has announced that it's ending COVID-19 vaccination requirements for federal employees and contractors, international travelers, and people who work at facilities certified by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The requirement will end on May 11th, the same day the COVID public health emergency expires. Calcity, a new drug to treat a form of ALS that afflicts roughly 500 Americans, will cost patients $200,000 annually. The drug's price tag is slightly higher than another ALS drug, Relivrio, which costs $158,000 annually. Biogen, Calcity's manufacturer, said it would provide financial assistance to eligible patients. And the CDC released an alarming report that said in 2021, Black Americans died from fentanyl overdoses at far higher rates than white or Hispanic Americans. Krista Marr is here to explain. Hi, Megan. Thank you. So the CDC released a new report today that found that Black Americans in 2021 died from fentanyl overdoses at higher rates than their white and Hispanic counterparts. Can you walk us through the report's findings? So this report is really the first look that we have from CDC overdose death data that shows how large the fentanyl problem has really become in our country. It breaks down overdose deaths from 2016 to 2021 by the different drugs that were responsible for those people's deaths. And it shows overall that in those five years, there's been a 279% increase in the number of fentanyl deaths, which is really remarkable. And unfortunately, a group that has been really disproportionately impacted by this are Black Americans. They have much higher rates than both white Americans and Hispanic and Latino Americans and Asian Americans of fentanyl overdose deaths. And the only group that has a higher prevalence are American Indian and Alaska. Natives. And that obviously is a much smaller group of people in America, but has a slightly higher like rate of deaths from fentanyl. So it is a really devastating problem. Wow, 279%. I mean, that's just a staggering statistic. Now, obviously, the opioid crisis has been going on for quite some time, but how has the pandemic exacerbated it? In a couple of different ways. The pandemic led to a kind of series of events that doctors agree have exacerbated the problem for Americans. There was a lot of social isolation that took place. There was economic disruption to people's lives. They lost their jobs. Some people lost their homes. And then there was also at the same time that those things were happening, which are kind of like natural drivers for substance abuse, 
there were less treatment options because people couldn't go to their meetings and they couldn't go to go see a doctor if they felt like they were getting into trouble. So you kind of had those series of things conspiring at the same time that you had fentanyl flooding into the country. Fentanyl and its kind of analogs are very deadly, and they're increasingly showing up in the drug supply mixed with meth or mixed with cocaine, mixed with heroin. So people don't always know what they're taking, and and all of these things are kind of mixing together and leading to a spike in deaths. Now, for Black Americans, in 2020, there was a 44% increase over 2019 in the number of overdose deaths that that community experienced. That community was hit particularly hard by what was happening in the pandemic and all of those conditions we just talked about. But all of the researchers that I talked to for this story and all of the doctors and people who care for patients say that this is really not just something that happened in a year. This is decades of policy and racism in medical practice and really just barriers to care and treatment that the community has faced that tipped things over the edge when the pandemic started. So that kind of combination is what we saw happen. I mean, when we think about the opioid epidemic, I mean, we often think about white folk, we think about pills, but, you know, as you just mentioned, this is obviously hitting Black communities extremely hard. Did the experts you spoke with talk about a need for sort of reframing the opioid crisis in light of this? I spoke to one psychiatrist who's at NYU, Ayanna Jordan, who said that the narrative that really kind of took hold during 2000s and 2010s, that the prescription drug crisis was a kind of a white problem, has had a really dramatic effect on the way that people think about this in terms of patients, how patients even think about themselves and whether they perceive themselves to be part of this problem, how doctors are diagnosing patients. If a patient is not white, but still is coming in with an opioid use disorder, maybe they're not as likely to ask them about that and realize that's the problem. And then also, you know, in terms of the way that kind of different treatment options are available to people. For instance, buprenorphine, which is a drug that is used to help people get off of opioids and became very prevalent during the prescription opioid crisis, is far less likely to be prescribed to Black Americans than it is to white Americans. And that is a problem. And it's something that the Biden administration is working on figuring out what's happening. But certainly this narrative that this was a white problem contributed to it a lot. And also the media narrative has contributed to it a lot because the media really focused on this being a white rural problem while there was this other problem that was continuing and never really stopped in other communities. And you mentioned some of the access problems with treatment. I mean, what strategies do providers say would make it easier for folks of color to access opioid use disorder treatment? You know, the doctors and the researchers that I talked to said that there were a couple of different levels of things that can happen. And the first level is what can happen in the medical community. So there can be better training for medical students about all the different kinds of patients that they might see who are going to come in with opioid use disorder. There could be bias training so that doctors might learn to understand and unpack some of the unconscious bias they have when they're diagnosing and prescribing. And then they can think about 
the settings in which care is being offered to people? And is there one kind of setting or one kind of care that may be given in treatment settings that might be acceptable to one kind of group than another? So that's kind of one level. And the next kind of deeper and more complicated level is to look at kind of the larger social determinants of health that are creating these inequities. For instance, in 2022 CDC report that found there was that 44% spike in Black overdose deaths, it also found that in counties that had higher income inequality, that overdose gap was even higher. So this is all connected to economic disparities, lack of access to just things like primary health care, and some very like basic fundamental inequities in our society. So that's kind of the much deeper level of problem that public health experts say needs to be addressed. Thank you so much for taking the time to walk us through this today, Krista. Thank you very much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah and Annie Reese are our producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Joan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Seller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Megan Messerly. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.